You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 299, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra with you here. So we are continuing from episode 298, which was my top 10, 11 lessons of 2021. I realized in doing 298 that I was not going to get through all 11 lessons. So if you're listening to this, but you did not listen to episode 298, please go back to episode 298 and listen to that first. Now, today is part two. So I really think 2021 has been a year of seeing things clearly, um, really being willing to face things that in 2020 and 2019, I was not willing to acknowledge, face, see, whatever you want to call it. And so on episode 298, the last episode, I talked about the first five lessons of the 11 lessons of 2021. And again, as I said in episode 298, they are in no particular order. They're not from top lesson to to bottom lesson. So let me just go over the first five really quick, and then we'll jump into my lessons of 2021 from six to 11. So lesson number one that I talked about in episode 298 was this, holding on does more damage than letting go. Lesson number two, the best decisions in life will involve winning and losing. You have to be willing to feel the pain of the loss to experience the joy of the gain. Lesson number three, ideas are great. Execution is everything. Everything. DMA, baby. Daily massive action. Lesson number four, knowing when to get out of a situation and actually getting out that's no longer serving you is a game changer for accelerating success. And the fifth lesson I talked about in episode 298 was this, feeling ready and being ready are two different things. Being ready is a decision that doesn't require feeling ready. So those were the five lessons that I talked about in episode 299. Now let's finish up my top 10, 11 lessons of 2021 by talking about uh, lessons six through 11. So the sixth lesson that I learned this year, and this really came from Tracy McMillan, who is a, an amazing relationship coach. I think she's on a show on Oprah's network. Um, I agree with a lot of what she has to say, but I watched one of her Instagram live videos and she hit this point home to me and it was massively painful to hear and yet massively freeing to recognize. And here is lesson number six of 2021 for me. People do what they want to do and they don't do what they don't want to do. Now this sounds super simple. Like this sounds like, okay, yeah, duh, basic. Let me read it again. Cause I want it to land. Cause it took me, I had to watch Tracy McMillan's video probably, I don't know, seven or eight times to really get what this means. So lesson number six, people do what they want to do and they don't do what they don't want to do. And the quote that best sums this up is a quote, and I don't know who said this, but here's the quote. Let people do what they want to do so you see what they'd rather do. That'll answer all the questions you have. So I have never been fond of being a nag of people. I don't like to do it. Uh, There have been previous decades where I did, and it just sucks the energy right out of me. 
So I always understood that if you have to nag someone, if you have to beg them, if you have to convince them, if if you have to like, if it feels like pulling teeth, whether it is having a conversation, getting a client to resign with you, getting a book deal, if it feels like pushing a boulder uphill, then you need to understand that there is some resistance there. Now, the resistance could be from you, but in many cases, if you feel like you are always in a mode of, I have to convince somebody else of something, or I have to beg them to give me something that I need, well, that is an uphill battle that you are never going to win because, lesson number six, people do what they want to do. And they don't do what they don't want to do. And not so long ago, I had somebody in my life who I remember saying to me, and I didn't understand it at the time. Um, Someone said to me, I'm not going to convince you. Like, I'm done with convincing people. I'm done with convincing them. So I'm not going to convince you. And at the time when it was said to me, I didn't really get what it meant. Because I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're done convincing me? You know? Um, but years later, now I get what, what that person meant. People do what they want to do and they don't do what they want to do. And you have to let, you have to give everybody in your life enough room so you actually understand and see for yourself without you be playing a key role in, in making them do something. You have to take enough distance and enough steps back to actually see what they want to do. Because then once you are not the person who's, you know, making them, convincing them, um, always showing up for them. Once you take, once you give it a little distance and you just sit back, you know, I'm a people watcher by nature. So you just sit back and watch, right? You observe. Then, Um, once you've given up all of this convincing, proving, hustling for your worthiness energy, then and only then will you actually know if they want to give you what you keep wanting them to give you. And at that point, once you see what they'd rather do, then you have enough information to really decide, do I want to spend my life convincing people? Do I want to spend my life hustling for my, do I want to spend my life begging for things from certain people? Or would I just rather go be connected to people who naturally give it to me without me having to beg for it? So that was a huge lesson of 2021 because it taught me a lot in both life and business about the fact that um, really recognizing the people and the situations in my life where they want to be in my presence Um, They want to be in connection with me. They really do value what I bring to the table versus those that don't. And so it has been a really big decision for me to go, I'm not going to convince anybody of anything anymore. If And this really applies in business. If you're on my email list and you're getting my daily dose of inspiration emails and you want to receive my emails, by all means, I am happy to have you. But if you want to leave my email list, I'm not asking you to come back. Okay. I'm not asking you to come back. There's a reason you left. So I'm going to leave you where you are. And some of that for a lot of people, it feels really cold, right? You go, what do you mean? You just, you know, you, if people aren't reaching out to you, you don't reach out to them. If people, you know, what does that mean? You don't try to get new clients. No, no, no. It means I'm not going to go to the links of begging people 
whether it's business or personal, to stay in my life or to give me what I need or to sign up for my coaching or to read my, I'm not begging anybody because if you're for me, I never have to do that. And so long as I'm doing the begging and hustling for my worthiness, then I don't actually really know if you're for me. But if I step back and I remove all of that desperate, you know, convincing energy from the equation and I just watch what you do, that tells me, your behavior tells me whether or not you're for me. And so that was a huge lesson this year that took me literally four or five years to learn because it was told to me in 2016 and I didn't get it. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm not going to convince you. I didn't get it now, five years later. Oh, you better believe I get it. I huge lesson and a big game changer in both life and business for me moving forward. Lesson number seven which is kind of connected to lesson number six, actually kind of connected to all the lessons of 2021 for me. But this is going to be a theme that I talk a lot about on my YouTube channel, which if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV. That's youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV. I am coming back to YouTube in 2022. So subscribe there. I'm going to start doing two videos a week. So it's going to be um, pretty awesome. But one of the things I do want to talk about on YouTube it's a major lesson for me in 2021. It's lesson number seven, know your worth and act accordingly. Let me say it again, know your worth and act accordingly. And the quote that that really sums this up, and I don't know who said this quote either, it's this, this chapter of my life is called knowing my worth and acting accordingly. Knowing my worth and acting accordingly. Here's the thing. Um, there are certain arenas in my life where I absolutely know my worth, certain arenas for sure. And I think there are certain arenas in my life where I don't yet fully know my worth, which means I'm not yet acting accordingly. And I don't think that if you're in the same boat as me and you're going, man, I get it. Like I get this idea of know your worth and act accordingly, but why am I not doing it? Don't shame yourself. Don't guilt yourself. I'm still there too. I still, there are certain areas where I'm like, I need to level up knowing my worth and acting accordingly. But the beauty of this lesson is that it is a lifelong lesson. It is not something that I'm just going to get in 2021 and I'm set and done and I'm never going to have to revisit this. There are going to be people throughout your entire lifetime who are going to do their best, whether they know it consciously or not, to try to convince you that you aren't worthy. Don't take them personally. You know, so often we think that other people not knowing our worth is a really personal attack. We're like, why don't they know that we're amazing? Why don't they know? Um, why don't they see us? You know, we, we go into business and, and we get these contracts and these deals and we're like, these are pennies. Why, 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 why do I have to convince them that I'm worth a better book deal? Why do I have to convince them that I'm worth a better TV deal? And so we, we get all in our feelings, right? About why don't people um, see me, value me, a pre why don't they do it? You know what I mean? Here's what I've learned about that. Don't take it personally. Like, first of all, let, let's just go to the basics of it. First of all, most people don't value themselves and most people don't know their worth. And so how could you ever expect somebody in any realm of life or business who doesn't know their worth to know yours? They can't give you what they don't have. So first of all, when people don't know your worth, 
Um, don't make it about the fact that they are denying your worth because they do know it. That, that that takes you down a whole spiral of like, um, I'm being treated badly. They don't get me. They don't value me. They're doing something, you know, uh, malicious to me. Most people aren't that malicious because they aren't that conscious. Let's just be honest. Like most people lack the ability to be that malicious because they don't even know themselves well. So let's not take personally the people who don't know our worth. However, other people are not responsible for knowing your worth, but you are. That was my lesson this year. Like, it is a matter of other people don't know my worth. I've got to know it because I will not act out of the highest version of myself if I am not cognizant of just how much I value me. If I don't value me, then then going out in the world and doing my thing doesn't matter because nobody else will. See what I'm saying? So... Know your worth and act accordingly is lesson number seven. And how am I going to apply this lesson in 2022? Well, you know, and I've already started this. When I'm making certain decisions, and and one of the areas where I'm really going to work on this in 2022 is nutrition. Every time I sit to, to eat a meal, and I haven't been doing that this week, this week by the way, but but I'm getting there. I need to ask myself the question when I'm thinking about, am I going to have some Reese's Pieces, which I had yesterday, or am I going to actually eat super clean? I have to ask myself, is this, is this meal worthy of me? Is writing this book worthy of me? Is accepting this speaking gig worthy of me? Is this friendship worthy of me? It's, it's about, because here's the thing, we forget to know our worth especially if we spent a long time not knowing it. So you need some sort of cue, some sort of uh, reminder on a daily basis. And so what I'm going to be doing, starting from this moment forward, is really asking myself the question of any decisions I make, no matter how small they seem. You know, what time I go to bed? What time I wake up? Really asking the question of every decision I make, is this worthy of me? And then acting accordingly. Is this worthy of me? And then acting accordingly. Is this worthy of me? And then acting accordingly. Because, you know, lots of people look at the whole worth issue, the self-worth thing in terms of personal relationships. They, they look at it in terms of who they're dating and who they're, no, no, no. It starts with the really little things. Like, I, anytime I get, I, my pants start to get holes in them or my socks get holes in them, I throw them out. Like that's my, I throw them out. You know why? Because I learned a long time ago that, um, holy socks and holy pants, although they're holy, are not worthy of me. And so I don't even tolerate like a tiny little hole. I throw them away. And so, um, those are the kinds of things that you think don't matter. The little things like not eating at the table but eating, you know, standing up or eating on the fly or never even giving yourself five minutes to sit and eat and enjoy your food. Is that worthy of you? So lesson number seven for me is know your worth and act accordingly on every scale in every way possible. Like when I go stay in a hotel, I call myself a hotel snob because when I go stay in a hotel, I stay in nice hotels. I don't do the days in. I don't, I'm a hotel snob. And the reason being, even if I'm only staying a night at a hotel, I deserve a nice hotel room. I deserve one. And so I don't go, well, let me just go stay at the, I don't know, super eight because it's cheaper. No, no, no. Is it worthy of me? 
I want a nice bed in a nice hotel room that I feel secure in, preferably that has a full kitchen, preferably that has a separate bedroom suite. I want the whole nine yards, not because um, I couldn't do it cheaper and save the money, but because I'm really asking and answering the question, is this worthy of me? And saying, well, no, I got I have to have a beautiful hotel room because that's what's worthy of me. And that's the materialistic side, but this applies to friendships. This applies to the clients you agree to work with. This applies to the books that you write. This applies to every area of life. And so lesson number seven in 2021, which again is a lifelong lesson. What I got this year was know your worth and act accordingly. And the way I'm going to move forward doing that is really asking every single time I make a decision before I make the decision, is this worthy of me? Lesson number eight. This is, ooh, lesson number eight. So I have to sip my tea because my, I'm so stuffy this morning. Lesson number eight. I want to, I want to, before I go into lesson number eight, let me just say what I mean by environment before I go to lesson number eight. To me, your environment is not only the physical environment you live in. So the house you live in, the neighborhood you live in, the city you live in, the state you live in, environment, even more so than the physical environment, is the mental environment you live in. Uh, the mental environment you live in, meaning your mindset, your habits, your thoughts, your belief, it is the mental environment you live in. And, and the mental environment is more critical than the physical environment because oftentimes it is your mental environment that creates the physical environment you manifest. So I wanted to define environment before I go into lesson number eight, because the eighth thing that really hit home for me in 2021 is this, you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. You cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick, meaning if things are not working in your life, you need to look at your mental environment first and foremost before you go to physical. I'm going to talk about physical in a minute, but you, you got to go to what, what thoughts am I thinking? What mindset am I using? How do I, what is my perspective on life? Is life for me or is life against me? Um, as Albert Einstein pointed out, do I live in a hostile world or do I live in a friendly world? What, what is the mental environment in which I'm living in? Because at the end of the day, you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. And trust me, when I tell you I spent decades trying to heal in the same environment where you got sick. And you and I have learned every single time I've tried that because I am stubborn and bullheaded and, and I will just fight something until it like slaps me in the face with the truth. You cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. Now, um, this came to me. I think probably last year, uh, Mary Shenuda, I hope I got her name right. Uh, she's the paleo chef, wonderful Instagram account to follow Mary Shenuda. Um, she put a quote that said, sometimes a plant doesn't need more water. It needs new soil. This was the first time this lesson hit me last year. Sometimes a plant doesn't need more water. It needs new soil. And I saw it and I was like, drop the mic. That is so true. Like it, you, if you have a plant in bad soil, you could give it as much water as, as you want to. It does not have the nutrients 
in the soil to properly grow. So this lesson first came to me last year, but I didn't really want to apply it to myself last year. I was being stubborn. I was like, no, 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 no. And you know, because there's a part of me, let, let me talk about the conflict with this one. There's a part of me that really believes firmly that you can grow where you're planted. That no matter what the, the obstacles are, what the issues are, what the pro, like it doesn't matter whatever you're dealing with, as challenging as it may be and as difficult as it may be. I, there's a part of me that really believes that all people have superpowers within them where they can overcome against all odds and no matter what the circumstance is. And that part of me really conflicts with the part of me that that goes with this lesson, which says you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. Um, there's a there's another part of me that goes, well, yeah, you you can overcome obstacles, but if you are in an environment that is unhealthy for you, if you are in an environment that is not good for you, if you are in relationships and situations that are toxic to you you're not going to fully heal. Like you can't stay in them and be who you're meant to be. You have to get out of them. And those two parts of me, I got to tell you, conflict all the time because there's a part of me that goes, no, every person can overcome anything, no matter what situation they find themselves in. And there's the other part of me that goes, when you find yourself in toxic situations, they will rip you apart until you leave. You will not become who you're meant to be while you're in them. And I, those two parts have not made peace. They're still at war. So, so I'll be totally transparent with that. But let me tell you why this lesson really hit home for me this year. Again, lesson number eight, you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. I don't typically share personal stuff, but I'm going to share this one personal thing. I don't want to go into tons of details because, because just the details are not the point. Let me just say this. I had been postponing getting a mammogram. I'm about to be 44 next month. I'd been postponing getting a mammogram for uh, a number of years because I was dealing with infertility stuff and, and fertility drugs. And really like the last, since about, I'd say 38 ish, I've really wanted to, well, I want to have more children at 30, but my whole point is in the last four years, I felt the biological clock ticking. And so I didn't want to get distracted by other things. I didn't want to do a mammogram at 40 or 41 and figure out, oh my gosh, I have breast cancer and now I can't focus on fertility. And so uh, being the stubborn person that I am, I didn't do a mammogram in, in at 40 or 41 or 42. And finally, my OBGYN said to me, Cassandra, I get that you want to have more babies, but how horrible would it be if you did all this fertility stuff and then you get pregnant at 44 and you find out that not only are you pregnant, but you have breast cancer and it's, it's really bad and it's much, much worse than it would have been had you gotten a mammogram and figured it out early and dealt with it early. And at first I was like, oh, here comes my doctor being a drama queen. Like, oh, please, I'm fine. But then I started to think about it and I, and I really started to say, you know what? She's making a valid point. And, um, and I don't know when this fertility stuff is going to result in me having more babies or if, and I better at least do what I need to do and go get a mammogram. So a few months back, I went and did my first ever mammogram and I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. You know, like, um, 
my body has really come through for me in my lifetime. I've rarely been sick. I've rarely been ill. Uh, my mother used to say when me and my brother were small that she was so grateful for having healthy children. We were always healthy. We, I mean, both my brother and I, we just, we don't get sick typically. It's just, we did not come in with that spiritual curriculum. I'll put it, we came in with lots of other ones, um, but not, not being well physically and health wise. So I went into the mammogram just thinking, ah, oh, it's going to be what it is and it'll be fine. You know, I was a little concerned, but I was like, no, nah, it'll be fine. And I remember sitting in the waiting area and a woman came in, obviously we're all wearing masks and she had just done her mammogram and she looked at me in a really somber way with her mask on. And she was like, good luck. You know, and that was my first sign of like, oh, she's like, oh, that, just, that, that good luck did not sound like good luck. That good luck sounded like she got bad news. And uh, what if I get bad news? And so then I went into the mammogram. I had a female do doctor, radiologist, and she did the mammogram. Um, and let me start back. So I did the mammogram. This is before I did the mammogram and it came back as abnormal. And it, there was a big enough lump that they were like, you need to do an ultrasound. And it was when I was waiting for the ultrasound that that woman had just come from her ultrasound of the breast and said, you know, good luck in a really somber way. So I'd already done the mammogram. Something came back abnormal. I did spend some time sort of, I didn't freak out, which is kind of strange. I just said, I'm not going to freak out till the ultrasound comes and the doctor tells me what it is. If the doctor tells me that this five millimeter lump is breast cancer, then I will freak out then, but I'm not. So mammogram came back with a lump and, and I was like, I'm not gonna freak out. And I didn't, I just, I just would not allow myself because I didn't have enough information. So then I get to the ultrasound. The woman comes in from her ultrasound is like, good luck. And I get into the actual ultrasound and the radiologist, female doc, um, she's, she, she, starts doing her thing and she looks at the the lump and she says to me, Cassandra, the gods are with us. It's just a cyst. And we talk about probably do the fertility drugs and the fertility treatments and it'll resolve on its own. And, you know, she's like, see you next year. And I have to tell you, I am, I am not foolish enough to believe that something as big as a possible cancer diagnosis just comes out of thin air. I'm a firm believer in the physical causes of things like cancer. Um, and I'm also a belief, a believer in the metaphysical connections that can help manifest physically cancer. And so what I understood at that moment, when I, when I got out of that, um, breast ultrasound, and I was like, thank you, God, that I don't have breast cancer. And thank you, God, that it's just a cyst. And thank you, God, that it's, um, that it's not that deep. There was also a part of me that really, it hit home this lesson. You cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. And the wake up call for me was, um, there is a reason why that lump appeared. And there is a reason why, if I don't change certain things in my life, if I don't create a new environment, new soil for me to be planted in, um, the next time I do that, it won't just be a cyst. And so that created a sense of urgency that in 2022, I'm changing my soil. 
let, let's be clear. The soil is changing because I, as much as there's a part of me that's like, you can thrive under any circumstances in anything for any reason, there is also a part of me that is now willing to surrender to the truth of you cannot heal in the same environment where you got sick. And so for me in 2022, it's going to be about recognizing when it's time to change my environment and being proactive about taking the steps required to do that. Now, I have to tell you, there's lots of environments I'm going to be changing in 2022, lots of them. Um, but the most important environment I'm changing is my mind, my mindset. Uh, there's lots of things from a, a physiological standpoint with that possible breast cancer diagnosis that are, that are going to have to shift. And I've got the plans in place to do that. Sugar's got to go and dairy's got to go and gluten's got to go and wheat's got to go, which is exactly what I needed to do anyway for the fertility journey. So two for the price of one, but that's the physical nutritional side of things. There's this whole other mental side where I, I know that for me, that whole thing with the breast cancer stuff is my wake up call that mentally I've got to change my soil and I've got to change my paradigm, my mindset. And it's not that I don't have a strong mindset now. It's that I need a different mindset to go where I want to go later. So that is the work that I'm going to be doing in 2022, because sometimes a plant doesn't need more water. It needs new soil. That was my lesson number eight. Lesson number nine. Hang out with mindsets that force you to level up. Level up. Um, <laughs> I got that. I saw this quote and I was like, it just hit me so hard. I couldn't even, I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. I've got some growth that I need to do in my business, but here's the quote. Some of us think 50K is impossible in one year. Some of us think 50K is a bad month. Choose your tribe. Let me repeat the quote again. I just want, I want this to land for all my entrepreneurs who are listening to this. Some of us think 50K is impossible in one year. Some of us think 50K is a bad month. Choose your tribe. I want to get to the mindset where I'm like 50K in a month is a bad month. That's where I want to get. Like 50K in a, is a, in a month is a bad month. And, and part of that is you cannot get to that kind of mindset hanging around people whose mindsets are still in the place of some of us think 50K is impossible in one year. You have to hang out with mindsets that force you to level up. So one of the books I've started writing, which will be ready in, in mid-January, is a book I've wanted to write for a number of years now, probably two or three years, but I, I, I needed to write other books. So I sort of put this book on the shelf and now it's finally coming to the forefront. And the book is called Inner Circle or Inner Cage. Oh yes, inner circle or inner cage. And so one of the things that I'm doing, and, and I have done this for a number of years, but now I'm really getting even more selective than I've been in the past. When with this whole hangout with mindsets that force you to level up in 2022, I'm really reevaluating my inner circle and, um, and getting good with the fact that 2022 for me is probably going to be a year of solitude. You know, I, I love the idea of having a very small, private, tight-knit inner circle. I'm very selective about who I allow into my world and into my life. But I really get the feeling that this next year for me is going to be a year where I spend a ton of time with myself, 
which means less focus on friendships, less focus on collaborations, much more focus on being with me and, and really coming home to myself. And in doing so, I'm also going to reevaluate my inner circle and I'm going to fire a lot of people from my inner circle because I need to create an inner circle where the people I'm in close, deep inner circle connection with are actually 10 times more powerful than I am. And so that's not simply the people I choose to talk to, the people I choose to hang out with. This is about reading books and listening to podcasts and watching videos with people who are so much farther than I am, who are just, you know, like whose mindsets I'm not even close to yet. And at the same time, distancing myself from people who have very limiting views on what's possible, both for themselves and for me. So, uh, you know, lesson number nine, which is hang out with mindsets that force you to level up. Yeah, um, 2022 for me is going to be a year of solitude and a year of really coming home to myself and a year of not really focusing on anyone else but me. And doing so in a way that gets me super clear on the people I actually need to have in my inner circle in 2023. So that is, that is the number nine lesson. Hang out with mindsets that force you to level up. Number 10 mindset, excuse me, not mindset. Lesson number 10, be vigilantly consistent and produce daily. I got to tell you, this is, this is one that I don't know if it's so much of a lesson because I believe in this firmly, but I have realized in 2021 that I did not produce as much content as I wanted to. I didn't publish as many books as I wanted to. I didn't produce as many courses as I wanted to. And so to me, this lesson for 2021 is much more of a reminder and a coming home to the way that I like to work because I noticed that in 2021, I really slacked off. Now, I will say in 2021, I have felt more tired physically than I felt in a long time. I felt more emotionally exhausted than I have in a long time. There have been a lot of things that have taken me away from um, the fire and the power and the drive that I normally have. I'm bringing all of that back in 2022 is my point. So lesson number 10 is be vigilantly consistent and produce daily. And so the quote that relates to this is this one. And I don't know who said this, but it's a really good quote. Shit doesn't happen in a day, but if you keep letting the days go by, it won't happen in a year either. And I read this in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. He talked about one of the ways that we can develop habits is to do it. Uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld was the person who do, did this, who believed he coined this phrase, don't break the chain. So Jerry Seinfeld and, and James Clear talks about this in Atomic Habits. He would make sure he was writing uh, new jokes, new, new material every single day, and he would do it seven days a week. And in many of my books, I've talked about the fact that if you want to keep your focus, you, frequency is one of the best strategies to help you do that. So doing things every single day, I mean, not even having a day of rest because even a day of rest breaks the chain and then you sort of have to recalibrate after the day of rest. So one of the things that I'm focusing on is um, really sticking in 2022 to my one thing and not vacillating on a daily or weekly basis on what that one thing is. So for example, in 2021, I really wanted my one thing to be fitness, really, really wanted it. But I kept having this war between fitness and business. And, and literally, even to this moment right now, 
it is a tough pill to swallow that if I'm going to spend two or three hours working out in the morning, I'm not going to spend two or three hours in my business. And really understanding that my morning time has to be about business. And so in 2021, I really tried to make it about fitness. It didn't work out so well. In 2022, I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering to the truth that I need my business to get to a certain level, which means it is the one thing, whether I want it to be or not, because I'd love to say that fitness is my one thing. And, and I've had years where fitness was my one thing and I produced phenomenal results fitness wise. But as much as I want fitness to be the one thing, it's not. And so surrendering to this idea of number one, I've got to know what my true one thing is. So I'm not vacillating between two different things, which then steals energy and steals focus and steals productivity. But then number two, just getting up every day and doing the work on that one thing every single day. So for me in 2022, my one thing is business. Fitness, nutrition, still got to handle those things because fertility wise, uh, in 2022, a lot of things will be happening. And so I'm going to need to do those things too. What this means though, is business comes first every single day, period. And I'm vigilantly going to protect that boundary. So lesson number 10 in 2021 for me has been be vigilantly consistent and produce daily. So I've got to be producing stuff. The one thing I've learned about myself, and this is a very Capricorn trait, and I am a Capricorn, is I love achievement. I love, like, when I get to drop a link on my social and say a new book is published, I love that feeling. When I get to drop a new podcast up, I, so I am addicted to achievement and unapologetically so. And what I've learned about myself is to keep my momentum and to become even more productive, being vigilantly consistent and constantly releasing new stuff, writing a new medium post, sending out a daily email, dropping a new podcast, all of that feeds my momentum. And so for me in 2022, it's going to be about producing daily, having a certain word count on writing books every single day, um, getting new courses out every single week on Skillshare and Udemy. It's going to be about being vigilantly consistent and producing not just once a week or once a month, but every single day from January 1st on in 2022. So that's lesson number 10. Lesson number 11, final lesson I'm going to talk about today. The number one way to get your power back is to get vibrantly healthy. This has been uh, an interesting lesson for me because again, excuse me, in 2021, I wanted to put my health first and that really didn't work because I, I had the conflict between work and business. And at the very same time, let me give you the quote. I don't know who said this, but this is absolute truth. You're very hard to control when you're healthy. You're very hard to manipulate when you're clear. You're very hard to influence when you're sovereign. I saw this quote on pictures and I was like, oh, this is so true. Let me read the quote again. You're very hard to control when you're healthy. You're very hard to manipulate when you're clear. You're very hard to influence when you're sovereign. I love the word sovereign because it puts me on the throne, right? Fix that crown, sit on the throne. Um, and it, on the surface, it, it almost feels like this conflicts with my whole thing of lesson number 10, be vigilant, vigilantly consistent and produce daily. Yes, in 2022, business is number one for me, period. But now I understand in a different way that the key to me producing as much as I want to produce in 2022 in my business is 
getting back my vibrant health. And so what that looks like for me in 2022 is even though I'm not going to be able to work out as much as I'd like, because working out to me is therapy. I think working out does more for me than, than therapy does. Um, I'm not going to be able to work out that way. I mean, it, it just isn't like the two to three hours a day, six days a week that I absolutely adore getting in is not going to be completely feasible in 2022. And I am working to accept that. But what is feasible is meal prep. What is feasible is cutting out gluten, wheat, dairy, uh, processed sugar and caffeine, which caffeine is my number one hard thing to get out. But, but I'm going to do those things and more so because, uh, of fertility stuff. I'm finally at the age where like I'm running out of time, seriously. And so, it's forcing me to do things nutritionally that I probably should have done five years ago, but I didn't have enough of a uh, fire under my butt to do it. So to me, vibrant health is really about what you eat. Uh, movement helps, but if you are eating, what is one of my favorite quotes says, you can't outrun your fork. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried to outrun my fork. You can't outrun your fork. And so at the end of the day, 2022 for me is going to be about really focusing on the nutrition piece and getting myself to where I need to be nutritionally, both for fertility and for business, um, which will lead to vibrant health. Because once again, as the quote says, you're very hard to control when you're healthy. You're very hard to manipulate when you're clear. You're very hard to influence when you're sovereign and being sovereign in your own life requires vibrant health. So I am going to change my nutrition pretty drastically. Uh, I'm not doing it in January because January is my birthday month and I want, I always get myself an ice cream cake for my birthday and I'm a zero 100 personality. So I got to go all the way or none the way. Like I've just learned that this is me and, and, and I've just middle of the road has never worked for me. And I'm about to be 44. So we're not doing middle of the road in 2022. But what I will say is this. Starting February 1st, I am completely changing my eating to eat according to the fertility nutrition plan that I've had available to me for the last two years. And I'm going to dive into it wholeheartedly, commit to it fully starting February the 1st. And it's going to be super painful at first. And it's going to get super easy. Um, and I haven't been ready. I've tried to do that that plan and it hasn't worked because I just wasn't ready to do it. But now, yeah, now I'm running out of time to have babies. So now I'm like, okay, it's time to do that thing, which will improve egg quality, which will help with all the other treatments that are coming up in 2022. So what am I saying with this lesson? The number one way to get your power back is to get vibrantly healthy. And that doesn't always look like more workouts. It in almost every case, it is about what the food you put into your mouth. And so for me in 2022, that is going to be my focus. The food that I put into my mouth, what I put into my body, also what I put into my mind, which is impacted by the foods that I eat. The more sugar you eat, the more sluggish you feel, the more tired you feel. Uh, when you clean up your eating, you get mentally clear. When I'm off of caffeine, I have a, a different, a whole different mindset. Than, than when I'm in fight or flight mode constantly because of the caffeine that I take in. So all of that is coming for me in 2022. And again, these lessons are lessons that not only did I just, it's not like I generated them in 2021. Many of the lessons that I went through in both episode 298 and this one, they've been years in the making. When I tell you I, 
I heard somebody say to me, you know, I'm not going to convince you in 2016. And it took me all the way until 2021 to like have that really land. Sometimes it takes five years to get a lesson. Sometimes it takes 10. And, and there are other ones where it takes a lifetime. Know your worth and act accordingly is a lifetime spiritual classroom. And here's what I want to say about it. What are your top lessons of 2021? Write them in a journal and not only write down what the lessons were, but really write down what are you going to do with the lessons? Like what specific actions are you going to take in 2022 to show up differently for yourself based on those lessons? Because it's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. And you don't really know, I think Stephen Covey said this, you don't really know, like you think you know, but you don't really know unless you're doing something with what you know. So at the end of the day, I would say a lot of the lessons for me in 2021 were really hard. Uh, they were pretty painful and they were very necessary and they're going to continue to be necessary because I'm a firm believer that lessons continue to present themselves until you get the lesson and until you start to live differently. So those are the things that, um, if I want to stop (laughs) being in the spiritual sixth grade, I've got to graduate out of the spiritual sixth grade, which means I've got to learn my lessons and apply them to my life. So those were my top 11 lessons of 2021. I am so grateful that I got to share them with you. Please share this with somebody, you know, really needs to hear this. I'm never, I'm never sure who listens to the podcast. I know people listen because I can see the analytics, but I'm never sure who's listening. Um, and I'm never completely sure that it's helpful. Although I think it is, it's helpful for me, but please share this with somebody who, you know, really needs to hear this and who can benefit from it. And, Uh, I wish you all the best in 2022. I think as a world, and I'm going to talk about this in a future podcast episode, we're going into a six world year in numerology. It is going to be a super grounded and nurturing and powerful and productive year. So much better than 2021 has been. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you are looking forward to that. I wish you all the best in this new year. And I... My, my wish for you more than anything else is that you love yourself more deeply than you ever have, and that your own self-love sets the tone for how you are to be loved by every other person in your life, that your level of self-respect sets the tone for every person in your life. So everybody knows how you are to be treated and that in 2022, if somebody doesn't give you the love, the respect, or the, or the care that you know you deserve, you are quick to let them go and show them the door. That is my wish for you in 2022. All right, everybody, I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show. <laughs>